Woo, man, it is so good to see every single one of you. I have missed you, those of you that haven't been joining us over the summer, man. Oh my goodness, we have missed you. We are so pumped that you are here tonight. Uh, for those of you that do not know, my name is Steve. I'm the student pastor here at uh, Allen, 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 Steve. You know what I'm saying? No? Okay. Anyways, uh, we are so pumped that you're here tonight. Tonight's going to be a really, really fun night. And if this is like your first time ever to 12 Stone, never been here before, we got something really special for you. So right after uh, our closing song, when everyone else is going to head off to the small groups, you guys stay in this room if this is your first time here and the person that brought you because we want to get to know you a little bit. And we got a cool gift for you. It's a free gift. And um, who doesn't love free gifts? So we got that for you if you're new. For everyone else, man, we are pumped that you are here. This is week number two of My Life, My Rules. Uh, real quick, how many of you are excited to be back in school? <laughs> that was very fake. That was as fake as it comes. Yeah, uh, not many people are too excited to be back. But here, real quick. While summer is still kind of fresh in our memory, go ahead, turn to the person next to you, take 10 seconds, tell them your favorite part of this summer. Go ahead, do that right now. Favorite part of this summer. Okay, okay, so how many of you, how many of you would say, how many of you would say uh, your favorite part of the summer involved sleeping? Involved sleeping, napping, yeah. Oh yeah, so good. All right, how many of you would say your favorite part of the summer had to do with something called a Netflix? Netflix, any Netflix? Yeah. Oh, I know. You're like, I got through all seven seasons in one month. It was amazing, man. Eleven seasons. That is you might have a problem. You could, undiagnosed issues going on. Okay, how many of you would say your favorite part of the summer was going to the beach? You loved going to the beach? We got a few of you going to the beach. Yeah, summer, summer is pretty awesome. Uh, I love summer. And actually, when we kind of launched into the summer at age 12, this is what we said. We said that we love summer. One of the reasons we love summer is because summer is freedom, right? It's like, I love summer. Because it's like, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, wherever I want. Like, there's all of this freedom, right? There's all this freedom that comes with summer. And so then the opposite is kind of true as well, right? Because then freedom dies on August 10th, right? Because school is slavery, right? It's like, that is some cruel and unusual punishment, you guys are like, come on, man, that is too early to wake up and go to school and all the stuff that we got to do. Man, we, we don't like school because it seems like a lack of freedom, right? And maybe, maybe for you, the reason that you don't like school is because of all the rules, right? Like you get up early and then you got to like go to school and then your homeroom, pride or whatever, man, they have all the like rules that you, you know, you got to do. And then you go to the next class, there's rules. And then when you're done with school, you think you're done with rules, but you're not. Because then you got to go off to like the after school, whatever. Maybe it's like sports, maybe it's something else. And so then you go there and then they got a bunch of rules there. And then you, it's, it's like rules all over the place. And we don't like school and we love summer because summer is like freedom. In fact, it feels kind of like freedom from the rules. And we think, at least I think a lot of us in the room, we believe that the less rules, 
the more life, right? This is actually in your notes. The less rules, the more life. In other words, my life would be better. I would have more life. It would be more like abundant. It would be amazing. It's like, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing if there were just less rules, right? In fact, this is um, Outback Steakhouse has a little slogan that goes something like this. They say no rules, just right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you're watching TV and that commercial comes on. They show the sirloin steak. It comes out. There's a little like bacon and shrimp and all this stuff. And then you hear this guy in this super fake Australian accent. I know it's fake. And he says, no rules, just right. That's, that's pretty good, right? My name's Bruce. Okay, no, that's something else. Okay, but right, it's like, it's like no rules, just right. The reason that this sells is because we don't like rules, because we think, we think, we think the less rules, the more life that we get to live. And this is the reason for many of you that you either ignore or just choose to not actually follow the rules. In fact, I made a list of some popular rules that I think all of us in the room break at one point or another, okay? So here's the first one. These are some rules that we don't like to follow. First one, don't eat raw cookie dough. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rule that we're like, no way. I'm definitely going to eat some raw cookie dough. It tastes so good. You know, it's like, it's like you go to make like 25 cookies, but you really only bake like three of them. You know what I'm saying? Because you eat the rest. You're like, this cookie dough is so good. I love it. Okay, so that's the first rule. Okay, here's the next rule. Uh, wait 30 minutes before swimming. No. Nah. Yeah, when you, go, when you go to the lake and then like Uncle Jim is grilling out some like hot dogs and hamburgers and you finish it and you're like, that is so good. And then you're about to jump in and then mom says, you got to wait 30 minutes. And you're like, nope. And then you jump in, right? Because it's like, no, I don't want to do that. That is terrible. And so you choose to break that rule because you think it's lame. Here's the next one. And you might not have known about this rule, okay? The happy birthday song copyright. Okay, let me explain this. Let me explain this. Did you know there is a copyright on the happy birthday song as in happy birthday but we can't say anymore because this is being recorded, okay? And it's against the law to sing this song in public. You can't do it. There's a copyright on it. So every time you sing that song, you are actually breaking the law. And this is true. This is why you can watch whatever movie you want to watch. They will never sing the happy birthday song in a movie or a TV show. They never do it. Right? Mind blown. Okay? So every time you do that, you are breaking the law, which is great. All right. So here's the last one that we all like to break. It's floss. Yeah. It's like nine about that life. Right? This is, I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever done this, but, but this is me. This is me kind of every time I go to the dentist. Okay? So I sit down and, and like, you know, the woman's like flossing my teeth. And of course my gums are bleeding like crazy. Right? Because uh, I haven't flossed. And so she's flossing. And then she's trying to be like real polite. You know what I'm saying? And so she's like making conversation. She's like, oh, so uh, when was the last time you floss? You know? And I look up at her. I'm like, I don't know. When was the last time you flossed my teeth? Right? It's like, <laughs> I don't floss. You know? I don't do that. So these are, these are like the rules that we break. Because maybe for some of you, you look at these rules or maybe you look at other rules and you're like, they're just so lame. They don't apply to me. In fact, if I just had less rules in general, then my life would be more full. And that's the reason that we love summer because it's less rules. And that's the reason that we hate school because there's all these rules that you got to do. 
And then after all the rules from school, you go home and then your parents have all these rules they have for you. And then they remind you about your homework, which isn't even like their rules. It's your teacher's rule that somehow your parents found out about and you're so upset because you're like, there's rules all over the place. And then, then for some of you, right, you come to church and someone like me gets up on a stage and then I start talking about all the rules you got to follow them that way. And then maybe you read the Bible and it feels like God has all these rules for you. And it's like, give me a break. There's so many rules that we're supposed to follow. And so maybe, maybe for you, as you kind of look at all these rules with the back to school stuff, this might be the question in your mind is why? Like I, I, I get that there are rules. I get that there's all these rules all over the place. But why? Why should I follow the rules? And last week, when Robbie opened things up with this series, he actually talked about the fact that God is the one that makes the ultimate rules. And so maybe for you, if you're like a Christ follower, you love following Jesus, maybe this is the question. Why should I follow God's rules? Like, why on earth would I actually want to follow God's rules? I've got all these things that I'm supposed to do, and some of them I agree with, and some of them I don't, but why? Or maybe, maybe another way to word this is, is, like, why does God even make the rules? Why on earth does God do that? And I think for some of us, if we were to be like honest about why God makes the rules, I think we have a few answers. Even for some of you that like haven't really grown up in church or never really been around the whole God thing, maybe these are kind of some of the answers that you have for why you think God makes the rules. Here's the first one. Maybe for some of you, you think God makes the rules to limit our fun, you know, as if, as if God is like threatened by smiles and laughter. You know, it's like, uh-oh, you better watch out. Like, like as if God is, is like sitting on the edge of heaven and he's like watching, you know? And he wants to make sure everything is like orderly and good. And then, uh-oh, you know, he sees you, right? And so he sees like you and your friends and they're laughing. And he's like, ah, what's going on? Get over here. And he calls up all the angels. He's like, we got to do something. They're having fun. We didn't invent that. We got to come up. Let's give them a bunch of rules. That'll keep them from ever having fun again, right? And so they dump all the rules. And maybe you think that's what God's doing, that God is out to just limit your fun, to keep everything kind of nice and tidy, that he doesn't want you to have fun. Or maybe for some of you, you think that God made rules to like test you, to put you to the test. That, you know, maybe, maybe for some of you, you had a moment at like M12 or had a moment at age 12 where like you were like worshiping and and for the first time you kind of realized that God loved you or maybe it happened on Sunday morning at church and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh like God loves me and then it feels like God is up in heaven like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh okay do you love me well now you got to prove it and I got a bunch of rules you got to follow. And you got to follow these rules. If you really love me, you would do this. If you, come on, come on, you got to prove your love to me by doing all these rules. So God makes these rules. Maybe you think God makes all these rules to kind of put you to the test. Do you really love him? Maybe you think that, or maybe this is the last one. Maybe you just think God's out to get you. Like God doesn't know your name. He doesn't know anything about you. He doesn't really care about you. He's just looking and he's like, this will be fun. Let's give them some rules they can't even follow. It's going to be so tough for them to actually do these things. Let's just give them a bunch of rules. And so you think that God is just out to get you. But I believe, I believe that there is a different reason why God made the rules. See, I think there's a different reason why we should follow the rules. And I hope that after hearing this, maybe it changes the way that you look at rules. And maybe it'll actually change the way that you look at God. 
And so to kind of uncover why it is that God made these rules and why it is that we should follow his rules, I actually want to take a look at the most famous list of rules in all of scripture, okay? But before we turn there, okay, before we turn there, uh, how many of you think you know what the most famous list of rules is? Someone, someone say it. Ten Commandments. How many of you have ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Yeah, okay. How many of you think you know the Ten Commandments? You're like, yeah, 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 I pretty much know the Ten. How many of you think you could list all Ten Commandments? Let me put it this way. How many of you could come on stage and list all Ten Commandments for $20 right now? Who's going to do it? You got it? Alabama? Is that, is that Alabama or is that Georgia? No? Who's got it? $20. No looking. Okay. Okay. $20 on the line. Okay, real quick, real quick. Introduce yourself. I'm Katie. Hey, Katie. And uh, oh. what school do you go to? Peachtree Ridge. Okay, we got a few from Peachtree Ridge. And uh, how was your summer break? It was fun. It was fun. You ready to be back in school? No. no. Okay. Uh, all right. So now uh, I'll let you hold the mic. Oh, God. And I want you to tell us all Ten Commandments. I'm going to put this right here, and then I'm going to count with my two hands. Okay. Um, have no other gods before God. Yep. Um, don't um, have idols. Mm -hmm. Keep the Sabbath holy. Mm -hmm. Honor your mother and father. Uh -huh. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet your neighbor. Don't commit adultery. Um, don't, okay, don't steal, don't murder, I just said, don't murder, and then, um, no oh, idols. so close. No, no, I got it, 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 okay, um, no, okay, there's no idols, no other gods before me, keep stuff holy, there's another, oh, keep, um, keep God's name holy. Nice, she got it. Well done, there's a little help down here, that's okay, I'll allow it, I'll allow it. $20 right here, this is for you. Um, well done. Give it up for Katie. Nice. Well done. That was so good. That was, and I don't know if you guys heard, but she actually did them almost in order. That was amazing. Well done. All right, so now we're all going to take a look because some of you are like, I have no idea what she just said. Okay, so we're going to look at all 10 commandments real quick. So go ahead, grab your Bibles. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 20 on page 75. Okay, so your Bible should be right under your chair or maybe in your lap, uh, page 75, Exodus, Exodus 20, Exodus 20. Okay, so um, this, this is one of the most famous passages in all of scripture, and this kind of lays out, and, and, and here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to kind of fly through these commandments, because you've already heard it once. Thank you, Katie. And then, uh, they, like, also it can be kind of lengthy, and so we're going to go through these pretty quick, okay? So let's start Exodus 20, starting in verse 1 on page 75. Okay, so it starts off this way. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay, so this is the very first of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. And then he goes on. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. You shall not bow down to them, worship them. Uh, this is like the no idols, okay? So don't have idols. Don't make something and then worship it, okay? And a lot of us are like, cool, never done that. Um, you probably have, but that's a whole other lesson for another time. Okay, so uh, that is commandment number two. The next one, we're going to skip to verse seven, is you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Well done. Uh, which a lot of us are like, oh, so that means don't say GD, right? And that's true, 
That's true, but it also means, like on a much bigger context, it means applying God's name to something that God is not in. And pastors have done this a lot, um, where they've said, I think that God is really in this when God is not in it. That's actually what it means. So a lot of pastors, and I think a lot of people, are actually guilty of breaking this one. And then number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, okay, which a lot of us are like, I don't really know what that means, which means we've probably broken that one. Okay, so then go on to the next one, uh, verse 12, skipping down, honor your father and mother. This is the one that parents are like, yes, this is such a good commandment. And then every student is like, Ah, nervous chuckle, right? I hate this one. This one is terrible, right? If you could like kind of black it out in your Bible, you would love that. Okay, but it's there. So you've broken it. I've broken it. We've all broken it. Honor your father and mother. Next one, you shall not murder, which we're like, whew, okay. Ha- at least I hope, right? Uh, that we haven't broken that one um, yet slash ever. Uh, so hopefully you'll never break that one. Uh, and then Jesus, you know, the unfortunate thing is Jesus came along and he said, if you look at someone and you're angry with them, then that's kind of like murder. And we're like, ah, Jesus, be quiet. Okay, so we don't like that one. And then the next one is you shall not commit adultery, which some of us are guilty of breaking. And then others of us think that we're not because then Jesus said, well, when you look at a woman with lust, it's adultery. And we're like, shh, be quiet. Okay, so then goes on to the next one. Uh, you shall not steal, which I think uh, if we were being honest, if we kind of trace ourselves all the way back to when we were kids, this has probably been broken at least once. Next one, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. That means to lie, which uh, has anyone ever not lied? before. Yeah, you're lying. Okay, so there we go. Um, All right, and then the final one is you shall not covet, which means to want something really bad. Okay, so that means if you have ever like tweeted a picture of Kim Kardashian's little shoe closet and been like, I want it with the hard eyes emoji. Okay, that is against this one right here. Okay, because that means to want something that someone else has. Okay, so, so for a lot of us, for a lot of us, when we read these, these are all 10, it's like, it's like overwhelming, you know? It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, this is unbelievable. Like, I'm breaking all of them, and I just, I just feel terrible about myself. In fact, if, if we were to kind of sum this up for a lot of us, I think we would sum up Exodus 20 in this way. <clears throat> rules, rules, rules. Don't have fun. Stop smiling. More rules, right? It's like, that is Exodus 20, is you got all these rules, and we start thinking, if I just had less rules, then I would have more life, and so you look at all this, and it just feels overwhelming. But I'm telling you, in the verses we just looked at was a key verse that I think we skip over all too often, because there's a verse here that displays the heart of God better than you may realize, and what's funny is whenever, whenever there's a pastor that speaks about the Ten Commandments, he normally skips this verse and normally doesn't even address it. In fact, when you think about the Ten Commandments, you probably don't even register that this verse is near it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this actually conveys the heart of God. And it's verse 1. Exodus 20, verse 1. It starts off and it says, and God spoke. Now, we're going to pause there, okay, because God is in heaven and he can do whatever pleases him And there is no contract he has signed that guarantees that he has to speak to you and me. This right here, even if we just ended the verse right there, that in and of itself is a sign of the kindness of God that he would actually speak to us, that he would help us, that he would love us. And maybe you don't think that God likes you, but you cannot think that God has ignored you because he has spoken to you. And I believe he's spoken to you because he loves you. And then it goes on, it says, so God spoke 
all these things. He didn't have to, but he chose to. And he starts off and he says, I'm the Lord, your God. And this right here is like a term of endearment. It's like, it's like saying my kid or my parents or my friends. This is, this is a term of a deep, close relationship. And then he goes on to explain why. He says, the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, more specifically, out of the land of slavery. And for some of you, you read that verse, and maybe it makes sense, and maybe you get the context. There's others of you that don't quite know what that means, so I just want to rewind a few chapters before Exodus 20. If you notice, the rules don't start on Exodus chapter 1 or Genesis chapter 1. They start in Exodus chapter 20, and a few chapters before, the people of God were actually in slavery, physical slavery. They were beaten, they were tortured, they were whipped, and they were working their fingers to the bone living out a miserable existence. And as they were suffering, they cried out to God and said, God, if you're listening, would you please help? Would you please rescue us? And God heard them. (laughs) He heard them and he rescued them. And so he sent Moses and Moses actually led the people of God to freedom. Not because God had to, but because, uh, because God loved them. He heard their cry and he wanted to rescue them. God began a relationship with the people of God by rescuing them. He didn't start things off by saying, hey, my name is God, I'm kind of a big deal, here's a bunch of rules you need to follow. Instead, he says, hey, my name is God, I heard you crying out and I want to help because I love you and I care about you and I want to rescue you from slavery. And I'm telling you, the biggest mistake we can make is thinking that somehow God began with the rules because that's not true. See, God, God actually started, if you can go to the next one, there was rescue before there were rules. There was rescue before there were ever any rules that God made. That God actually rescued us. God reached out to us with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm because of the fact that he loves you. He loved the people of God. And so before he ever said, thou shalt and thou shalt not, instead he said, I want to help, I want to rescue, I want to free you from slavery. See, he's not some distant God that doesn't know their names. He's a God that listens, that cares, and that wants to rescue them. See, there was rescue before there were rules. And then after rescuing the people of God from physical slavery, God saw the nation and realized that they were on a course to emotional slavery and spiritual slavery. In fact, I believe that it's spiritual slavery that actually led to physical slavery back then and even now. That the reason that happens is because of sin in our lives. It's because of the fact that we're enslaved to our appetites, we're enslaved to our addictions. And God saw this, and he saw that the people of God were on a course to being enslaved to their anxiety, to being a slave to their fear, to being a slave to their depression, to being a slave to to bad decisions and lots of regret, to being a slave to shame. And so I think when God began to give these rules, he was saying, I freed you from physical slavery and I don't want you to go back to slavery. I don't want you to end up in a life that you didn't want to live, enslaved to the things that you never wanted to be enslaved to. I want to help you out. 
I'm telling you, man, as a, as a student pastor, um, I get the opportunity to sit across the table from, from students and from families and from parents. And <laughs> there are stories after stories after stories of people whose lives have been broken, people full of shame and regret. And they look at me and they're, and they're saying, well, what do I do now? And they're so far down the path of slavery. And in my mind, like, like I look at them and my heart is breaking and there's like part of me that wants to like scream and what I want to scream is, why didn't you listen to God in the first place? God didn't want you to end up here. He didn't want you a slave to your addictions and a slave to your fears. And it's not just students. It's not just their families. Man, it's my family. And it's my friends. People that I've sat down and talked to and my heart breaks for them. And I think the heart of God breaks too. See, because God wasn't trying to just give some random rules to limit their fun or to keep them from having a good life. See, rules aren't in the way of a good life. Rules are the way to a good life. Rules aren't in the way of a better life. Rules actually are the way to a better life. And so the reason that God gave these rules was not to limit your fun or restrict you. It's because he cares so deeply for you and he knows what it looks like to have spiritual slavery. And he wants to protect you from that. Not as some distant God that doesn't know who you are, but as a God who has rescued you, as a God who loves you, as a God who knows you by name and invites you to call him dad. And I had, I, I, I had heard about that, about God wanting me to call him dad for a long time, about how God is supposed to be like, my, like a better version of my earthly dad and that God loves me and, and, and he knows my name and he cares for me. But I'm telling you, this, this truth for me took on a whole new meaning recently. See, it was, um, it was about two and a half months ago when... Uh, Two and a half months ago when Catherine came to me and Catherine told me um, that I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's awesome. There she is back there. And uh, I'm telling you, man, this is, uh, this is like an incredible, incredible, incredible moment. Um, realizing that like uh, February 3rd is the due date. Um, so February 3rd is, uh, is when we'll get to meet our baby. Catherine is 15 weeks pregnant right now. And... Uh, uh, the good news, God is, God is so kind. The good news is uh, Catherine is incredibly healthy. We've had two checkups. The baby is really healthy. In fact, um, I've got a picture of the ultrasound. Do you guys want to see it? Okay. Okay, so this is a, this is a picture. And, uh, dude, I love this kid, man. This... This is an awesome kid. You can see here, 
That's like the nose. And then, um, and then that, like the hands, you see the fingers. Uh, the baby is either sucking its thumb or giving a fist bump to mom, you know, like, what's up? So it's one of those two. Uh, and, then, and then you can see the, the little toes right there. And, uh, you know, the little belly needs to lose some weight, you know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. No, uh, and so anyways, that's the, that's the baby, man. I love this kid. In fact, what's cool is um, Catherine actually found out that she was pregnant uh, while I was in Haiti. And, uh, and, so, uh, and so Catherine, some of you might know this, some of you may not. Catherine is actually very sneaky when she wants to be, Okay. <laughs> So we were able to talk on FaceTime while I was in Haiti, but she actually did not tell me, okay? And so I'm like, you know, so we're talking and we're having like a normal conversation. I'm talking about Haiti, but she never lets on that like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a dad, like all this stuff. So, um, so we get back to the States and we, you know, drop off all the students and we're saying goodbye. And, uh, and then again, Catherine's playing it super cool. And so I'm like, man, it's so good to be back in America. You know, I'm just like such a dumb guy. And I'm like, I'm like, let's get some Golden Palace 2 Mongolian beef, man. You know, and so she's got this news, but she kind of holds off. And so we get some Mongolian beef. And I'm talking and talking and talking about Haiti. And, you know, she like just is cool. And she's smiling. And she's, she's letting me talk. And so then after we finish, uh, we, go, we go back to the house. And, um, and so then I get home, and whenever I go somewhere, I try to get, like, a little gift for Catherine. And so I told her, and I was like, hey, um, I've got a gift for you. And she says, oh, I have a welcome home gift for you, too. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I am, like, a stupid, oblivious guy. So, like, I don't even connect the dots. I'm just like, sweet, welcome home gift. Man, my wife really missed me. This is, you know, and so... Uh, so then we sit down, and I've got, I've got the gift, and so I give it to her. And, like, in retrospect, that gift is so lame now compared to what she gave me, you know? So I don't even want to tell you what it was. So anyways, I gave her this gift, and then, uh, and then after I was done, um, you know, then she was like, okay, well, I got a gift for you. And so it's this little, like, gift bag. And so I get the gift bag, and I open it up, and it's a uh, UGA onesie. And, uh, and uh, the onesie... The onesie says most valuable player ever, and the ever is like underlined, and I saw it, and uh, well, okay, I could tell you what happens next, but Catherine is very sneaky. She actually hid her phone and recorded my response, okay, so, <laughs> okay, so this is, this is a 15-second clip uh, of my response to the gift. All right, you got to listen. Check it out. Are you pregnant? <laughs> and then we, and then we got to, it gets a little, Gets a little PG after that. So anyways, um, yeah, this was, uh, this was one of the few times. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is one of the few times in life that like literally, man, I was, I was speechless. Like I, I, was, I was blown away by the kindness of God um, that, he would, that he, would, he would give us this baby. And uh, here's the crazy thing, okay? Um, and, then, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I love this kid so much, man. 
I, uh, I've never even held or met this kid. I don't know this kid's name. Um, like, this is literally one of the only pictures I have. The other one, it just looks like a little bean. And so this is the only one that actually looks like a kid. But I'm telling you, man, I freaking love this kid. Man, I would uh, do anything for this kid. I would, give, uh, I would give my life for this kid. I haven't even met this kid yet, but I love this kid. And when this kid grows up, man, I'm going to love this kid until the day I die. And here's the thing. When this kid grows up, I'm going to give this kid some rules. And I'm not going to give this kid rules because I'm trying to limit his fun. I'm not going to give this kid some rules because I'm out to get him. I'm not going to give this kid some rules just because I want him to prove his love for me. I don't care about that. I don't care. This kid doesn't even know my name, but I love this kid. And the reason I have rules for this kid is because I want my child to have a full, abundant life. And your heavenly father feels the same way about you. See, <laughs> I don't know this kid's name, but my father in heaven does. In fact, scripture tells me that my father in heaven is actually knitting him together right now in Catherine's womb. Uh, and uh, my father in heaven knows how many days this child is going to have. My father in heaven has a son, and he actually sent this son to die for this kid. So you better believe my father in heaven loves this kid. And your father in heaven loves you just as much. Because there was a time when you were like this and God knew your name and God knew that you'd be sitting right here and he knew that you would buck up against all the rules that he has for you, but I'm telling you, the rules that he has for you are because he loves you, not because he's trying to limit you, not because he doesn't want you to have fun, but because he loves you more than you could possibly understand. And so this is the question that I have for us. What rules is God, your father, not this distant God, but your Father in heaven. What rules is God asking you to follow? Not to limit your life, but to extend it. Not to box you up into this sort of living, but to have an abundant life free of regret. So what is it? What's the rule that maybe you've heard the voice of God saying before and you've just chosen to ignore it? Or maybe you've heard God say this rule over and over and over again, and now it's just like white noise to you. You don't even pay attention to it anymore. And maybe it's because you thought that God was out to get you, or after all, all my other friends are doing this, and so why can't I do this? And you have missed the fact that your Father in heaven actually loves you. He loves you more than I will ever love my kid. And the rules he has for you are to give you a full an abundant life. See, the rules don't get in the way of a better life. They are the way to a better life. So let me pray for you. So God, I, I am uh, very, very grateful for life. And uh, you are so kind. to give us this child. And you are even more kind to give us your son. 
and that he would die for us to prove once and for all that you are not out to get us, you are out to rescue us. And that there was rescue long before there were ever rules. And so I pray, God, that we would know that today. And as we look at the rules that you are speaking over us, we would know that they are not rules to limit us. They are rules to give us a full life. So would you speak clearly and let us know what those are? And then give us the courage to follow you, our Father in heaven. So God, we love you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.